Okay, in today's interview, we are talking to the fourth highest account by value on Top Shot. I'm talking about the great Alexo. He was one of the first collectors on the platform. He collected everything on CryptoKitties and he collects everything on Top Shot, literally everything. He owns one of every single moment on the platform and he's completed every single challenge on the platform. We talk about all that, we talk about what he looks for, interesting things he likes to collect on Top Shot and also off of Top Shot. We talk about his life before Top Shot and some of the projects that he works on aside from Top Shot. He's a really unique character. I really enjoyed getting to know him better and I think you will too. So let's jump right into this interview. Okay, well, welcome Alexo. I'm really happy to have you on here. You are one of the top account holders on Top Shot. You are one of the people in that top list. You're number four currently. So we all get to cry into our beer when we see how many moments and how much value you have. But good for you, man. You are here early and I'm super happy that you're here with me today. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to, to chat. Great. So first of all, Alexo, uh, how do you pronounce that? What's the proper pronunciation of the name Alexo? It's uh, it's up to the beholder. Um, it's just been a name that I've used for decades for digital purposes. So I've, I've never really had to say it out loud. I guess I, I guess in my head, I spell it out, but that's a mouthful. Um, but yeah, the, the, up until recently, no one's really tried to say it. So is there any meaning uh, behind it? Is it like XO, like hugs and kisses? <laughs> sure. It, that's up to the beholder too. But uh, no, I was just when I was younger, I was looking for a, a unique username that, that um, wasn't often taken. My, my real name's Alex and that's always taken. Okay. And, well, see, the variations a, of that. Yeah. I would say that's a pretty good explanation. My name is Alex and it's kind of close, isn't it? Yep, close enough, and it's and it's unique enough that hopefully it's not taken on most platforms. But gotcha. I've had and, mixed luck. Yeah, well, I'm, maybe now people will start nabbing it in case you decide to buy it from someone. You know, they had that name tag thing on Twitter. I bet you someone owns it if you don't, and they're probably going to want to sell it to you later. Um, yeah, I've actually connected with that person um, <laughs> on Twitter who has that that tag. Um, and uh because people accidentally tag them all the time now and and they've actually gotten into top shot a little bit and nfts because of it so that's really fun but yeah it's it's their it's their handle so are they trying they wanna, are they trying to sell it to you now no i haven't made any offers either way but if, if we can work something out yeah that'd be awesome okay so name tag alexo if you're listening uh <laughs> they've already had they've already been harassed enough on accident so okay um so one one question that i thought would be interesting to ask you is just what your life was like before top shot um i know you are we're into crypto kitties as well but i'm actually curious even before that like what what were you doing before you were playing around in online nfts um i've always been a gamer since i was a kid so always um, playing video games in my free time. Um, I'm kind of a Nintendo fanboy, so just getting all their new consoles, all their flagship IPs, I'm, I'm all for. Um, which now I, I don't spend as much time because I know all that time I put into it isn't doesn't translate to like a 
token that I can like hold forever. So it's hard to compete with NFTs now. But uh, yeah, and then outside of gaming, um, I, I got into software and, I, and I've been a pro professional software developer for uh, 10 to 12 years. Did you, did you build anything cool? Like any software, any pet projects? Uh, mostly I just joined full-time jobs, like just uh, industry. I spent a good amount of that time at Microsoft um, contributing to, to their massive empire. Um, and I, I worked on a couple startups, um, just working on your standard websites and internal tools and, and yeah, just more business focused. Gotcha. So nothing too like exciting, nothing Nintendo like, but you know, I will say that I thought, and this is kind of an aside, but I thought that the Nintendo Wii U is one of the most underrated systems ever released because the Nintendo Wii U gave you a second screen that you could play on and you could do games where you like put the zombies around your, the player in the room and you, you are like the master zombie king and no yep. other system has ever done that. And I think that's a yep. shame. It's, it was really innovative, and I was waiting. If it, if it stuck around a little longer, I, I bet they were going to release all the DS games because you could play the dual screen games on that too. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe people will look back on it better in, in the future like they, they've adopted the GameCube because that kind of had a similar fate at the time. It was underappreciated. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, that was the last console that I that I owned. And then I had a child and now I don't play video games, but I, I spend my free time as well, like doing online NFT stuff now. So, mm -hmm. um, all right. So I guess that gives people a little bit of an idea of who you are before this online stuff. And like I said, you first got into CryptoKitties. Um, I, I'm curious about what, first of all, how did you get into CryptoKitties? That's an interesting question, I think. And were you as big of like an enthusiast into CryptoKitties as you are now into Topshop? Yeah. So when CryptoKitties launched, I was day trading all these various cryptocurrencies. It was back when there was this big boom in 2017 of an ICO every couple of days or, or actually multiple ICOs per day and just scrambling, figuring out what everything was and day trading. And then I saw these headlines of, of CryptoKitties. Um, uh, kind of the first time this i think this is even before the word nft was coined um even though i think in the contract they they, they did write non-fungible token so i think i think with crypto kitties is when the term nft was coined um but uh yeah i just heard people were trading these cats like crazy and so i jumped in and um tried to collect some cats it was really hard because the network was crashed i think at, at the time it was using up like a third of all of ethereum's uh, resources and it was just grinding to a halt every transaction would be um so much money uh i think comparable to what we're seeing now on ethereum where every transaction is is a lot but back then it, the transaction fees were usually low um but CryptoKitties just, just went viral overnight. Um, so I got into that, bought it at that 
first peak um, and then kind of went away for a few months. And then uh, after it kind of settled down and gas fees are reasonable, I got back into it and started breeding and playing the game that they have with it, which was they would release these recipes every week um, for these new fancy cats. So um, both individually and with a team, I would I would do these uh, challenges where you try to breed that particular set of traits faster than anyone else. So you can get the number one fancy. Um, yeah. So I assume and, you, I did. And, and, and yeah, that was, that was kind of my favorite thing to do for a couple of years there. Um, and uh, yeah. So to answer your other part of the question is, yeah, I was, I was into it just as much as his top shot. And that's where I got to know the team and, um, during that time, they also released Cheese Wizards, and they announced this big um, license that they got with the NBA, and that was just that was really exciting. Um, cool. So it's, it's been fun watching them develop from um, a team of a couple people to where they are now. And I assume that you were one of the top accounts then on CryptoKitties. You were, you were minting these number ones and like putting all your mental energy into just dominating the way you are also doing the same thing on Top Shot. Would that be a correct assumption? Uh, yeah, there's some leaderboards there. I, I think I'm I think I'm in the top five or ten there as well. So I'm I'm holding. Um, oh, yeah, so that's they're it. always my they're always my original, and technically they are the original NFT. So. I think there's going to be value in those long-term, especially when people find them. Uh, but yeah, I think they have really big historical relevance. And are you, so you're diamond handing like every possible crypto kitty the same way that you're diamond handing every possible moment in top shot. Yeah. Although I did, I did sell some cats to buy some packs um, just because last year there were just packs not selling and, um, I don't know. I, I was addicted. So I, I, I got desperate and I, I even sold some cats, <laughs> even though I, I wanted to hold those too. Right, well, you gotta, you know, make some trades in life. Um, yeah. And were there any users that you were close with? Like you said, you, you would trade in teams on crypto kitties. Did you, did those users come with you into top shot? Do you still have relationships with people that you were tight with in crypto kitties? And now you guys are doing the same thing in top shot. Yeah, I'd say majority of the people who are really into CryptoKitties jumped in to both Cheese Wizards and Top Shot. Um, and then, um, yeah, since then, I mean, I mean, none of us are really big NBA fans when that started. So since then, some of us have become big NBA fans and have doubled down. And um, some people aren't so much into NBA and and took some profits so um and moved on to different interests gotcha and you mentioned that you were day trading in like icos are you aware of the general nft environment right now i, I would imagine that you are um and do you think that there's similarities there between these icos that were sprouting up and people aping in because it seems like the same thing is happening right now with nft projects we're seeing like 20 nft projects per day and some of them go absolutely insane and others don't. And if so, is there a part of you that wants to be day trading those NFT projects? 
Yeah, I've never really thought about that, but yeah, that's that's exactly right. I, I can see so many parallels between that uh, ICO Russia 2017 and then and these uh, profile picture NFTs of today. Um, well, um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of opportunity there. Uh, it doesn't interest me as much. There, there was a reason I stopped doing that day trading and, and jumped into CryptoKitties because I saw that there was a way I could invest, but also like um, also have the gaming side of it. So I can, I can have some, yeah, at the very worst, if I if my investment doesn't work out, I, I can at least have some entertainment out of it. So ever since then, I, I've kind of moved away from day trading. So same thing with these profile picture projects. I, I haven't uh, been too interested in in them uh, just because it, 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 it's more like trading uh, the fungible cryptos or stocks. Uh, and, and I'd rather have tokens that have some either a game in development or or a game that's already out. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I, I actually tried buying into the. We talked about it. The um, what was the other Dapper project like the Pokemon? There was an. Oh alpha. yeah, it's on. It's on Flow. Yeah, it's not Dapper, but it is on Flow. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, chain monster. Chain monsters. Chain monsters. Are you feeling pretty good about that? Because I couldn't quite figure out getting my money in time. I had to go like to somebody's party or something, and I just gave up. But <laughs> what do you think about that project? Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited about it. Um. They just teased a brand new 3D modeling that's all that they're doing. Uh, so they've completely transformed from 2D pixels all the way to 3D in the past year. The, the Kickstarter was back in November. So it's been, yeah, it's, it's been something I've been anticipating for quite a while. And games but like that take a long time. So it could be a, a ways out before. But to have success in a game like that, um, that that involves a lot of hours per day, no? Of tr- of like being part of the game. Whereas something like CryptoKitties or Top Shot, you sort of purchase what you need and let it sit. And would that would that be the right thing to to assume? Yeah, I think I think the more gamification, I think I think if you want to get the value out of the game. You, I think it, it does require a, a large time commitment, but that's kind of what I'm looking for. Um, um, and, and I think, and, and I, yeah, and I think Top Shot, I think we'll get there too. I mean, you can still invest and, and just hold and, and um, not play the game hardcore or whatever, but I think I think there will be an entry point for gamers to to build value that way too. So, I guess there's a whole economy you can, and we've seen it with other games like the Axie Infinity, where you have, I guess, managers and that that are sponsoring people to play on their behalf. So I think we'll we can see that in Top Shot. We can see that in Chain Monsters. So, yeah, there's room for investors, collectors, and gamers alike. Yeah, I'm I'm someone who just thinks there's only so many hours in a day. Like I can't see myself being super involved in multiple games like this but anyhow um so it, to is, finish- over- it is overwhelming so i yeah. think i'm gonna have to hit a wall at some point exactly um so just to close out on on crypto kitties there was a time in crypto kitties where i understood that that there was too many kitties and people were complaining that there was oversaturation and people and the values were getting hit 
Um, is that the case? And, and what, what is your outlook, I guess, on CryptoKitties? And the reason I'm asking you that too is because I want to know if you felt the same way in after February on Top Shot. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dapper kind of has a different approach with their projects where it's not a fixed supply. Um, there's always going to be more supply so that there's entry points to hit the mainstream. Their goal is to get the blockchain in the hands of a billion people. So you're going to have to have millions of tokens to get there. However, um, um, within those tokens, there are fixed there, there are fixed sets like CryptoKitties. There's a hundred founders, just the first hundred tokens. That's never gonna grow. Um, so you can even look at that as its own NFT project. Is CryptoKitties founders is is a project with only a hundred NFTs. Um, the Swish um, fancy, for example, is is one I have in my profile picture, and there's only two thousand eight hundred eighty of those ever. Um, so you, you, if you look at those as like their own. Um, scarcity. Um, there, there's some value there. And then, yeah, the gaming aspect of it is you can keep breeding and finding mixtures that, that you really want to collect, and that'll increase the supply and um, allow anyone to get two cats and, and build out their cat family. <laughs> so, um, and then that, that that's really analogous to Top Shot. There's no breeding, but they're, they're going to constantly be adding new um, content. And I'm guessing as more people join, it's it's going to, the content or the supply will just grow exponentially to keep up with the um, demand. But that, that just keeps the prices of the new stuff coming out low. Um, uh, and and the, I guess the theory is that older sets that are limited edition have a fixed amount. Um, their scarcity doesn't change. So you get more people joining the platform. Um, they start out with these S series three or whatever, whenever they join series four. Um, and, and they can see these more scarce sets from these previous series and, and that'll add more interest to those more limited sets. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I prefer their model over the, the just fixed supply. Yeah, I see that perspective. I think in the case of Top Shot, and I don't know if this is what happened in CryptoKitties though, um, I think for people who were not holding maybe the most premier stuff, like I guess a good example for Top Shot is like the people that were holding the 15K and 35K circulation. When that 40K came and lots of it was because they, they, there was an assumption that there was a ton of demand. When in I think reality, there was not as much demand as there were sort of rent seekers as they're called. Um, so I think that, that to me was kind of like the, I guess the negative way of looking at, at what happened with, with the supply and demand. Um, but in general, I'd agree with you. Like you need entry points for everybody. I don't disagree with that. Uh, Sorry, so, I'm moving rooms here. <laughs> that's all good. Um, you kind of look like a hologram or something when the sun hits you. So one, one actually question I wanted to ask you is you seem like a very kind of chill personality, very like 
calm. Like I, I, people think I'm calm and measured. You, I, I think you are like an extra, I'm like a base calm and measured. You're more like a legendary calm and measured. Um, wait, so how, how does that jive with your personality when you were day trading crypto and when you were like aping into top shot like how quickly were you aping into top shot when you seem like this kind of measured thoughtful person yeah i think i think there's a lot of stoic figures in, in this industry um <laughs> but i think i think looks are deceiving underneath the surface it's just all panic and um and fomo so uh right. yeah i i just FOMO is uh, I'm probably the most susceptible to it. Okay. (laughs) So So that's a good answer. Um, The other question I had for you. um, Okay. This is a fun one. So somebody on Twitter, Dave PNFT said that you had something called a math challenge and coach McGurk, the famous emoji creator where who made your background. He said that the winner of this math challenge received an entire Cool Cat set. So I'm very curious about this. Please tell me about this math challenge. Yes. So about a year and a half ago, I, I was playing around with um, contracts, like writing contracts on Ethereum. And uh, just for fun, I, I was trying to think of the simplest kind of game someone can build on Ethereum. And um, I, I, I made that what I, what I thought would be the simplest and I called it math and um, I deployed the contract and then I minted one through a hundred to keep in my wallet as like the, uh, the initial supply. Um, and then I started advertising it out and what people can do is take two numbers that exist and combine them together to, to mint a new NFT. That's the sum of the two, as long as that, that sum doesn't exist. Mm. And you pay like 002 ETH and 001 goes to the owner of one token, the 001 goes to the other owner. Um, and if and if you start building up your collection, you can just start adding your own numbers together and then the, that ETH just comes back to you and you're just paying gas essentially. Um, Cause there's no like royalties or fees other than than the ethereum gas fees um so anyway um that that branched out a couple like sql projects um like one where you can stack your math tokens into like these um colored um pictures because each math token is like 256 bits which you can arrange into 16 by 16 pixel art uh, so I did this RGB project where you can stack them up and make them in different colors. And people are making like pixel art of Mario and Link and, and hmm. other creative stuff. Um, but anyway, uh, a few months back, I wanted to revive that project or get some excitement around it. So I introduced these um, math challenges and the... Um, the first one I gave away a LeBron all-star game moment, I think it was. Wow. And it was actually Alan who won it because he has like 10% of the math tokens. <laughs> so he had a pretty good chance of, of hitting it. And um, 
the winner was provably uh, randomly determined. I, I picked some date in the future. I picked a block on Ethereum from the future. And then whenever um, that block hit, it revealed like a, the key that you wouldn't, there's no way of knowing mm-hmm. in, in advance. And whoever got closest to that number uh, wins. Um, so uh, then I did a follow-up about a month after that, where the winner won a whole cool cat set right before the challenge ended. So it was the 29 moments. Wow. Um, and it was another person from the CryptoKitty community because they were also, I think they also have another 10% of the math tokens. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was fun. Um, and for the next round, I think I'll do something different besides the random number, maybe something that you can like, you can predict ahead of time, but no one has minted it yet. So like there could be a like a race to a certain number. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's imminent. I'll, I'll probably do that uh, sometime this week. Um, okay. But uh, the 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 challenge is is it's it is on Ethereum, and so minting a token is um, not not the best right now. Yeah. So um, I'll have to make sure the the reward is worth the the risk. Well, very kind. So. It, it almost seems like uh, the moral of the story is you have to be an early adopter who owns 10% of the numbers <laughs> if you want to win this thing. Yeah. Cause even back then it was um, expensive to mint like a hundred numbers. Cause the reason they had so many numbers is cause they were get, building up um, the right set of pixels so that they can compose them into like these 16 by 16 pixel lights. Um, so it ended up taking lots of big numbers to to make those happen. Um, but yeah, even then when gas was like one or two gui or whatever, yeah, it still added up pretty quickly. So now it's going to add up a whole lot. I, I haven't seen gas go lower than like thirty in, in probably two weeks. Um, yeah, it's, someone someone messaged me uh, about a week ago saying they were trying to build a new. Um, I call them RGB tokens, those ones that you stack the math to do the colored picture. Because mm-hmm. um, there's a red layer, a green layer, and a blue layer. Um, they were trying to make one, and they'd planned out all the math additions that they would have to add. And I think it ended up being like 100 transactions. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be at like one and a half ETH in gas just to make it, <laughs> just to yeah, get the number just... they needed to make the, the token. As like as a software guy, do you have any insight into this whole gas issue? Do you think that what do you think is going to happen? Do you think Ethereum 2.0 is coming? Do you think someone else is going to come and eat Ethereum's lunch, like Solana or Cardano, or what do you think about that? Yeah, um, well, they've been working on transitioning to proof of stake, as far as I know. So it's just, um, I imagine it's a lot of work to to plan out that transition and and migrate this entire platform over to a whole sure. different paradigm. Um, so, but I guess in the meantime, that gives a lot of room for yeah, Solana or, or Cardano, but I'm rooting for Flow. Mm, um, of course. Dapper, Dapper Labs uh, blockchain. So, um, and I, I think they're well positioned 
um, especially for NFTs right now. It's it's yeah. there's lots of projects coming to flow. So cool. And speaking of transactions on Ethereum, um, last night you put up a photo of yourself in what looked like a Swedish headdress, but I think that was just your hair braided um, and like yep. foliage that was. The, <laughs> and foliage around the edges. And you you put it up for sale for a thousand Ethereum. Um, how many glasses of wine did you consume <laughs> before putting that online? <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't have any wine yesterday, but I, um, like we talked about earlier, despite the stoic outside, there, there's a bunch of you know panic and anxiety on the inside. So I do, I do have prescriptions for some like tranquilizers. <laughs> so I, I had one of those, um, which I don't think had an influence on this, but maybe it did. Um, but it was more of a joke or a meme, I guess, just, yeah. uh, which is part of NFTs. So I just had this idea where I would put this NFT up and list it for a thousand dollars. And the name of the token is how I made a thousand ETH selling JPEGs. So it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe someone will buy it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. You're exactly right. That That is my hair braided up. My, I think, I think my sister braided it for me like on uh, I think I think this was Thanksgiving last year and that's why I put the the leaves around it and it's almost you know that season again so I, I, I thought it would work yeah it reminded me of the movie Midsummer. you looked like someone who belongs <clears throat> in that movie all right do you, you have like Swedish <laughs> Swedish background in your family or no um I did do a DNA test last year I can't remember how much Swedish was in there. I think there was definitely some, but um, yeah, my, my family's been in the Pacific Northwest for generations. So um, it's Portland, not a long time. it's, it's uh, Washington, Portland, large tree DNA. Um, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I'm sure that's the content that this top shot faithful are just dying to hear. Um, but if we go, let's take it over back to Top Shot for a second. Uh, I see that you are buying a lot of interesting plays on Top Shot. In fact, I was featured on On the Moment a couple of weeks back, and they were, they were looking at like the top plays of the week, of uh, the moments that were rising in value. And everyone was scratching their head that uh, Marcus Smart's S1 block was like the top gainer. And then, like, I think Justin clicked it and it was like, oh, it's Alexo. It was, like, it was literally just like 20 sales that you had just purchased. So I'm curious, what is your play there? Uh, you're just very much attracted, it seems, to these strange moments. What What is the reason? So that one I like a lot. Well, I've, I've kind of fallen in love with the play itself too as, as a secondary benefit. Um, I like these kind of chase down blocks, um, especially when it's um, in clutch, clutch time of the game. And that was, and that particular play was um, the one that kind of um, locked them in for the Eastern Conference Finals mm. uh, during that playoffs. So that that was um, a great moment on its own. Um, but then, uh, um, when I first got in, the the reason I started stacking them is just because um, a few of us noticed early on that 
there was a mistake with that moment. Um, all of the player information on it isn't Marcus Smart's, it's actually Jalen Brown's. So if you look at that moment, it's got Jalen Brown's jersey number. It's, it's got his height, weight, draft year, birth date. Um, so it's kind of like, I see it as like a modern day misprint. Um, so I think it's unique. I think in the future, even if only a few people think it's unique, that that, that adds value. Okay. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. And actually, I was going to ask you that. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, obviously, you're a big time collector. Were you collecting things before digital collectibles? Do you have like a carton full of Beanie Babies in your basement? Yep. I was meant a collector. I do have Beanie Babies. I had Pokemon cards. I, I have basketball cards, um, video games. I, I've, I've never really sold them. I have all my old video games from all the different generations of consoles. Are they like perfectly boxed? Do you have any that are like still shrink wrapped? No. I, I like the utility too. So Okay, I, exactly. I, I, um, so keeping sealed packs is something new for me because I've mm. always... I've always opened them, but um, trying something different now. Okay. And Pokemon, do you have any of those Charizards that are worth like $75 million? No, I just have the standard edition. I don't have the first edition. <laughs> I was, I guess I was late. Okay. Well, that was one. That was, was too, one too late situation. when I was 12. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Another question about things that I'm seeing that you're buying. I took a peek today. I see you're buying a lot of fandom moments. You're buying a whole lot of Isaac Okoro's. I don't, I, I didn't keep looking to see if you're also buying like lots of bull bulls and RJ Hamptons, but is there something you're thinking in particular about these fandom, this fandom tier? Yeah, I think there's quite a bit unique with this summer league. It's the first time there's this summer se- series. Um, it looks like the summer league set's only going to be these five moments, mm-hmm. which is, which makes it the most um, accessible set for set collectors um and uh and they're the first moments of this new tier this phantom tier so and then there's historical value to it too being the first moment sold in in real life um so i like all that um and then the okoro they decided to make this change where these quest rewards are now the same as a challenge reward so there's a little bit of extra collector score, and I, I like I like stacking that. Um, Hold on, and then <laughs> you, you, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! You you want to stack collector score when you have like a collector score of like three point five million or something? Why? Why? <laughs> so um, I, I don't know. I always want the highest score. Why not? <laughs> you, you must have the highest collector score on the platform, though. You have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, are you worried that someone might start creeping up on you? Like, who's number two? I think Veerman Steve is um, him or 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 the whale account. Gotcha. So you got to just um, keep keep the pedal, the gas, the foot on the pedal. Yeah. There, got to make sure they never catch up. Exactly, because uh, you you can see now Orlando Magic is collecting moments. You got Dangling, who thinks. You might start getting back into Top Shot, and um, I, th- I saw him reply to um, some on the moment tweet about that new feature where it shows set completions, saying that 
oh man, you guys are going to make me buy all these now. So <laughs> I got, I got, you know, I, I got to keep the competition on their toes. Fair um, enough. And, um, and just a higher number. Who doesn't, who doesn't want a higher, higher score when you're, I don't know. It, it's it, the collector score made it, it just added this game element, which brings out the competitiveness, which I, gotcha. I like. Um, but yeah. Um, but the reason I, I keep buying more of those Isaacs and, and Bulbuls is just because I'm noticing near the floor there, there's a lot of interesting serial numbers like uh, like Isaac's jersey number is 35. And, and I'm seeing at the floor, there's lots of serial numbers that end in 35. So mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm just scooping those up. Um, it's not actually the jersey number, but it's got the jersey number in the, in the serial number. So I think it's worth $7. Um, and then Bulbul, I, I got into this habit of, well, it wasn't a habit, but I noticed there were a lot of people listing moments that ended in zero, zero in the serial number. So I collected a couple of those and then um, I just kept going. So I think I got like six of those now. Um, is, is your idea that in the future, someone else might value this and buy it from you? Or is your idea more like, I am just a completionist and I want this in my personal stash. Um, it's more, yeah, I, I guess a little bit of both. Um, I'm fine keeping them forever. I, I like them and uh, these interesting and, and all these different ways of collecting. I like dabbling in all of them. Um, but then also I, I, I feel strongly that people are undervaluing some of these. So can't can't let that slide um gotcha. gotta sweep then, that floor but yeah if, if there's someone in the future who values them more than me they they can have them but it's gonna i think it's a high bar okay um so i wanted to ask you so i actually got into top shot i made my largest purchases on february 22nd so <laughs> so that was the worst possible well timing <laughs> don't worry I was, I was buying still then too it was you didn't know when it was going to stop. No, I know. I know. It's just kind of all a matter of timing in life. Unfortunately, it's a lot of luck involved in all this. Um, but I wanted to ask that as you, as an early adopter who had seen what happened with crypto kitties as well, who, who was aware of how ICOs worked and how ICOs pumped and fell and things like that. Was there a part of you that saw the graph or the chart of top shot in February and you saw how fast that was going up? Was there a part of you that was thinking, okay, this is, this is probably not going to continue, or this is like an unhealthy market, or were you kind of oblivious and you're just like, I need those bull bulls that end in double zero. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, there is, it was the biggest uh, growth in, in value I've ever seen by far. Um, looking at stocks or, or um, crypto or anything so that 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 should have been a sign but the problem was is if it goes up double every day what what day is it not going to double when it started because i you know because you could see it doubled for two days all right you're 4x up and a lot of people did sell and you know i could have i could have sold but then it doubled you know another seven days in a row so (laughs) But then it didn't, and then eventually it didn't anymore. So um, it was just about timing. But then, um, 
Yeah, I, I decided to just, just stick with it. Just I, I liked the collection I had, and uh, I knew I wasn't going to time the market right. So in, instead of selling at the wrong time and beating myself up, I just just write it out, wait for a stable growth sometime down the line. Yeah. And uh, and also that, that was way that, that that was way sooner than I expected anyway. So it wasn't like I because you could see it doubled for two days. All right, you're four x up. Or, and a lot of people did sell and I, you know, I could have, I could have sold, but then it doubled, you know, another seven days in a row. So, but then it didn't, and then eventually it didn't anymore. So um, it was just about timing, but then um, yeah, I, I decided to just, just stick with it. Just, I, I liked the collection I had and uh I knew I wasn't going to time the market right. So in, instead of selling at the wrong time and beating myself up, I just, just write it out, wait for a stable growth sometime down the line. Because uh, that, 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 that was way sooner than I expected anyway. So it wasn't like I was mm. planning on selling this decade anyway. So just, just it was just a fun ride to watch. Okay. I well, I think it was fun for you because you got in like day zero. So like... It's like someone who buys Bitcoin when it's like two dollars. You're like, oh, oh no, it's it's no longer sixty thousand. It's thirty five. Yeah, whatever. Um, I imagine that's kind of how you were feeling. Uh, and I also imagine that when you were doing the ICO stuff, that was that was more like volatile, I guess, in your position. Because would that be the correct assumption? Because you probably weren't getting in super early on these ICOs. You're more like swing trading, day trading, whereas Top Shot, you literally were in there in like day one. So there was less of like uh, anxiety about that. Is that, would that be a correct assumption? Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is all still a volatile market. Um, who knows what's, what could happen with regulations and external factors that, that can make this all, uh, you know, disappear <laughs> overnight but to me it's it's worth the risk um like all the profits i have are, are just unrealized so um i think i would regret um selling more and, and missing out on like this you know revolution or um uh, this change in culture to to this new new um technology or um i i guess i'd regret that more than if if this crashed and burned so um, fair enough but you you don't have to be you don't have to be a hundred or zero at the same time you could sell a few bull bowls and buy an office chair i could get an office chair um maybe next year maybe okay. next year <laughs> um and then during the i guess top shot winter um were you, have you just been buying the whole time peak, you know, Valley? Have you just been had the same, have you just been having the same approach the entire time? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. Whenever I have, um, some disposable income, I'll, I'll put it on top shot. Um, but very early on, I already went all in. So it was hard to come by additional income. Like I, I took out additional loans <laughs> to, oh, man. to keep my bags and, and 
yeah, like I said, I sold some cats. <laughs> and are are you still paying interest on like loans because you don't want to sell your moments? <laughs> yeah, credit cards too. <laughs> My God, why don't you just sell? Take a little bit. Take a little bit off the top. No one's telling I you actually, to sell your whole account. I know. I actually, I actually did. I have a deposit on the way to pay those. Right, I'm glad to hear that. So. <laughs> but yeah, uh-huh. the, the, that credit card interest is brutal, and it's been stacking up for a whole year now. So yeah, so it, I, that's, I hope- that's a that's a relief. But uh, good. good. I'm very happy to hear that. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Worst worst case, I, I you know I just keep working and I can pay this off for sure eventually. For sure. So, mm-hmm. um, and then real quickly about about the just market in general. I know that you said the other day that you think like it is still to come. Um, I was wondering if there's any other feelings you have about that, like what you think is going to come do you think it's hardcore do you think it's the in-person utility do you think it's something that we're not even thinking about yeah i think it's mostly something we're not even thinking about yet um yeah and it's just this is just the wild west and uncharted territory so i think once yeah like the hardcore and the in stadium or in arena in arena utility are going to be huge and getting out of beta and, and all that. Um, I think, I think that'll get, well, that, that'll bring in an, I think a wave, I think. So you have millions of people on the platform and that'll just bring out so much innovation because it's not only Dapper at that point, providing utility. We've already seen that with the smaller community that we have all these additional utilities and, and tools build around it like moment ranks on the moment evaluate market all these things uh it's, it's just gonna cause a bunch of innovators to come out and, and come up come up with ideas we've never seen and take it to the next level and yeah. i don't know what that is yeah um and do you think that when we have it, uh, do you think, are you foreseeing that you think that the market will still be like in a healthy place and not in a place like we were in February when it went to the moon and all of a sudden the floor price of like an S2 is like $50 or whatever it was. Are you pretty confident that we won't see that same issue again? No, no. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's just human nature to, 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 to have those waves in the, in the market cycle. So you'll have times of hype and and times of cool down i don't know but as a as a there's not many markets out there that are stable sure but but as a programmer um do you think and i've actually said this before and i'm it's probably just my like assumptions here but do you think there's ways if you are dapper that you can almost anticipate or or see like we have this many moments, this many millions of moments, this much user base. When we put a new kiosk in New York City, we predict that the user base is going to go up by this much. And therefore, we need to make sure we have this many moments and not just like, oh, there's a lot of people saying when packs, 50 million moments, <laughs> go for it. You know what I mean? Like, do you think that they can be more strategic and specific in that way? Or do you think that's not possible? And what you're saying is like, we're just going to have these swings randomly, depending on who shows yeah. up? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I guess there would be swings on the existing supply because that's that's all limited now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, certainly they they've actually have the the capability of of predicting um, the growth rate going forward. Now that they have a team that can focus on that, but for series one and series two, they didn't have exactly people to, to even think about that stuff. So exactly, and that and that's why my my uh, impression is that we won't see another crash like we saw in February because that was like an overcorrection. And, you know, obviously it was like an unhealthy market. It was an overcorrection. And now they have all this data and they have all these moments that I think we're not going to see something like that again, but it seems like you're not willing to give a clear agreement on that. Well, you make some good points. I, I mean, I, I might be persuaded a little bit that now, now that there's more supply out there that, that kind of, prevents the volatility we saw because in February there weren't that many moments and then this large wave, wave of people came in, uh, just took it over. So yeah, I, I think we have a little bit of buffer from huge gains and huge losses. That's a good point. And then, um, but, it, but, but now, and then, but yeah, and then going forward, I, I think they can kind of manage the supply with, with the incoming demand. Um, but still series one and series two are, are limited. So if we get to a point where it's just so many people, those could go through huge cycles, like 16 million moments between series one and series two seems like a lot now, but maybe it isn't. Um, and that can go th- through some, that, that still has the capability of going through some big moves. Um, Cause yeah, series one, when it, through February when it was exploding was, was about a million moments. So we've just gone from 1 million to 16 million. So it's, it's, it's just one order of magnitude. Um, so you can imagine that getting overwhelmed. Yeah, for sure. Too. I think th- th- those limited circulation moments for sure could see just amazing spikes. No question. Um, those are, but, but as long as there's like floor moments, then I feel like we're in a healthy place. Um, for sure. And I know, you're a, I know you're a competitive guy and you want to make sure you have the highest collector score. So does it bother you that you're only number four on the, on the count value? Or, I mean, like, how far are you from, from the whale vault? Uh, I think he's more than double my, my evaluation. So um, I just, just had to let that ship sail. <laughs> um, maybe I had a chance early on to sell more cats and, and overtake him, but who knows? But but he he's he's got more to put in, <laughs> so I just can't compete. I, I think it's multiple people too. Me, but yeah, yeah. For me, it's like it's like ninety percent of my value in in Top Shot, um, or ninety percent of my wealth is in Top Shot. So, or maybe even more now um, because of the growth. But uh, right. um, yeah, for for that group or that person or that group, that's. That's just a piece of their portfolio. For sure. A small um, piece. So, so part of that, that's a good question to segue to, which is that I know you've said over and over that you're like an absolute bull. You're an absolute diamond hander, forever holder. Um, and you said on the other podcast with the judge that like, maybe you take out 1% of your value if you were to 10X your current value of your account. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess my question is like, what is... Do you have like an end goal in mind? Like, do you just want to give like your great grandchildren like the sickest LeBron James Top Shot portfolio? What are what are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah. Um, I think passing them on would be fun and, and telling the story of, of this journey we're all on. It would be really cool. But then also just enjoying them for the rest of my life um, and whatever utility and experiences come out of them. Fair enough. Um, so, it, yeah, uh, I guess that is the end goal. Um, I mean, I, I guess I could sell for something else, but I can't think of anything else I'd want to collect more right now. I mean, do you ever think about the fact that you could like cash out a percentage of your account and like never have to work again? Or does that not interest you? I guess that's where the, the 10X comes in. If, if it 10X is and I take out that 1%, that, I think that might do it. So, um, and then I can still enjoy my collection. And what, what would you do if you never had to work again? Um, then I might actually be able to, to play all these games that I've, <laughs> that I've been collecting tokens for because the games are all coming and I don't know where I have the time. And maybe I can get back to building too. Like, like I built some projects we talked about on, on Ethereum. I, I'd love to keep building all right. Well, that's a good answer. Um, I mean, I'd encourage you to go enjoy those, that Pacific Northwest nature as well. Don't just. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Hopefully those games are mobile. Um, that's nice. Yeah. And then I guess a, a couple more questions and then I'll let you go, which is first of all, what, it, what kind of advice do you have for collectors at different um, budgets? So like your newbie collector comes to top shot today doesn't want to spend more than like 200 bucks. What is that? What should that person be buying in your opinion? Yeah, I guess first thing is just learn the, the, the ropes around like how the distribution model works. Um, Cause that was one area where a lot of people got, uh, you know, saw some losses is, is buying a moment when only like 10% of the supply is out. So um, yeah, re- if you're interested in a particular player, check out their moments. Um, look, there, there's a graph on that page that shows how many are currently in packs, currently distributed, and how many more will come. And if it's a CC, it, it could be unlimited. Um, so keep that in mind too. Um, but other than that, um, collect, collect your favorite team. Uh, there's already been so many signs that they're going to continue to double down on that for contests and experiences and potentially game utility. Um, and the community has really embraced that, I, I think, over the past couple of weeks. Um, and then, yeah, beyond that, if you get your favorite team, um, maybe check out the sets that you've started from from the packs you've gotten and in in the that whole team that you got and then maybe try to fill out those sets because I think there's gonna be a lot of good experiences coming out of those too. And so then would your advice for someone with higher budgets, like a medium level guy who's got a thousand dollars or a DGEN who wants to spend twenty thousand dollars, is your advice pretty much the same for all those people? Or are you telling some people Yeah, like, I guess I guess that's yeah, I guess that's just general advice. But yeah, I guess if if you're Starting out, common. There's nothing wrong with the common moments. They're still scarce. They're still um, um, valuable assets. And 
and then yeah, mid level fill, fill, do the same thing, but maybe with the rare tier and high high tier try try the legendaries out. For sure. Um, Cause, um, but I guess for the upper end, I would say maybe mix out the different tiers because, you know, the high end could go asymptotic and go to the moon. Um, but also they're not, there's not going to be as many people that's going to be out of range for a lot of people. So right. you might see something different where the commons and rares might have better long-term value. Hmm, interesting. The, the legendaries are out of reach, but. Um, that's interesting yeah. actually and i feel like so i'd say i'd say diversify i guess just yeah because i think both things could happen i don't know at what i feel level. like i feel like you were answering this the other day actually but i that this is a good question which is about like liquidity and that kind of thing which is if you have let's say a thousand dollars and to buy one moment are you buying let's say for example i was looking earlier today are you buying like a jason tatum debut are you buying like a metallic gold of, I can't remember who's a thousand dollars on a metallic gold right now, but you know, are you buying like the debut? Are you buying the metallic? Damien Lillard. <clears throat> okay. It's like, a, is that like an S2 or S1 metallic gold Damien Lillard? Or, it's S2 uh, challenge reward. So it's all right. Lower so are, you buying, are you buying that Tatum debut? Are you buying that Dame Lillard um, metallic gold? Or are you buying like a low tier player um, legendary? man um i i guess debut because the more i think about it the the less debuts we're gonna see over time so i think i think they're they seem like there's quite a bit of them now but every series that goes by there's gonna be less and less players that haven't been added so um those will always be the bottleneck so you so even though Oh, I see what you're saying. Because there's going to be more MGLEs, more legendaries, but there'll only ever be one debut. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Like uh, they added so many debuts in Series 2 that there's not going to be many to add in Series 3 except for the rookies. And now that they do the run it back, it seems like they're going to do those in the summer series, is my guess. Mm-hmm. It's, so it doesn't become like the bottleneck with, like it was with series one. If you want to complete series one, you got to complete run it back. It seems like now they're moving the run it backs to the summer series. So that those um, are less of a main series bottleneck, but become a summer bottleneck. Um, so yeah, you might see debuts for old players in the summer. And then during the series, you just see the rookies and maybe a few other players that have been in the league for a while but haven't had a standout moment so they finally get their first moment or they're just coming back to the league but those are going to become less and less because hmm. once you have your debut you can't, you can't have another one so yeah because I, I would have thought that like if we if we take those three examples you know the the debut of like jason tatum i think it's a 1500 the mgle of dame could be like 499 the legendary could be like 99 so I would think that the lower circulation would potentially be the better buy because if more, if more and more people want that, there's just going to be none for sale. Yep. Yeah. I subscribe to that too. So I guess, um, but either way, flip a coin. Or, 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 or in the same uncertainty, uh, <laughs> it's a speculation at this point. Uh, yeah. 
All right. Yeah, All right both well, those arguments make sense to me, so I, I, I just buy both, buy everything. That's I get easy. them both exactly. <laughs> it's to be your strategy. Was, <laughs> you figured me out. <laughs> I can't. I can't decide. So, so I, I just you know get those loans to get both. <laughs> not financial okay. advice, but uh, yeah, not financial advice. Do not max out your credit card buying Top Shot moments. Only, um, only if you only if you're willing to take the risk because it. If only the risk being lifetime credit card payments, mm-hmm. yeah, if that's if that's worth it. Then you can be crazy like me, but <laughs> Fair it enough. does have some downsides. Yeah, downsides of like a little bit of unease, um, mm-hmm. but that's okay. You're taking care of that. You're getting rid of some of those bull balls, and you're going to feel like a million bucks after that. So. I guess that, those are all my questions. I don't know if you have anything else you want to touch on. Uh, I have, I'll ask you this community question and I'll actually add one more community question that I asked last time with Andrew. So unless you have anything extra, I'm going to ask you these two community questions. All right. No, nope, nope, just, just, I'm just, uh, I'm just wanted to say I'm a big fan. And <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Are you checking out the videos? You like them? I am. Yeah. I, I should make a note of that too. You you are a very a loyal Twitter liker, so thank you for that. It's it's really cheap to to like something, so why not? There's so much good stuff out there. Why not? Yeah, well, that's great. It's a very benevolent attitude. Um, so the two questions. The first question is, how dare you? <laughs> that's from user TS Rye. So how dare you? Um, I'm doing my best. Doing my best. Okay, so there you go, TS Rye. And <laughs> and the second question from last week is, what is your favorite cereal? Um, I love Honey O's. Honey O's. So those are not the real Cheerios. You're talking about like the Walgreens bottom of the shelf in the big plastic bag. Honey no, O's. That- no, they're uh, they're not a knockoff. They're their own thing. Honey um, O's. Yeah, Honey Graham O's. I had to look it up. Oh, but short, but no, they're also known as Honey O's. Honey. Yeah, O's. they're they're from Post. Honey so Graham not... O's. Mm-hmm. Never heard of them. So are they like graham cracker flavor? They're they're but... they're, pr- they're pretty niche. Yeah, because they're not as big as General Mills, but it's from Post, and yeah, it's got they're like yeah they're like Cheerios, but they got like these little crunchy things in the middle hmm. that just make take it to the next level <laughs> okay that sounds and they're never great. on sale though so uh, I, I don't get them too often i usually just get what's on sale because cereals it was like you see you see them on the shelf and they're like five dollars a box but then I know. every store that always has a deal where it's like buy five of these for one dollar each and heck, you can't turn that down yeah but like how and, how low on the cereal tier are you going are you you're not buying five boxes of grape nuts because they're on sale are you no, it's usually like uh, Captain Crunch. That's <laughs> okay. usually the that's usually the one on sale. But that usually cuts the top of the mouth, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. That, that's what you get. What you pay for. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But they're, I mean, they're, they're tasty. They are tasty. They're or you can let little... them. Are you like you can let them soak in the milk a little longer? I was never really into that. I, there, there were when I lived in Brooklyn, there was there was a place that sold. What was it? It was a ice cream made out of like soggy cereal milk or it was like literally drinks made out of soggy cereal milk i just 
I can't understand that one. Are you a big soggy cereal milk flavor person? No, I, I, I use I, I usually can't wait. So I'll just put the milk in and, and still eat it crunchy. And, and maybe by the end of it, there's a little bit of less crunch, but it's never soggy. Okay. All but right. I, I don't even think I'd like the soggy cereal, but I don't know. You got to have your dairy somehow. Mm, fair enough. All right. Well, I think that's a great way to wrap it up. <laughs> um, so thank you. Thank you, Lexo. I'll let you get back to your job in software, which you've been neglecting for the past hour here. And um... I've been neglecting it more than the past hour, but yeah, I do need to get, I do need to focus a little bit. <laughs> but anyway, I wish you well and um, thank you for making the time and uh, until the next time. Yeah, until the next time. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon.